Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad and Eric here, and we just want to welcome you back to another week at the Roundtable. We are so grateful to have you, and we have a wonderful episode in store for you. So, stay tuned and enjoy. Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad Hafler here with my main man, Eric Dixon. Yo. And this week at the roundtable, we're joined by marathon runner, ultra marathon runner, teacher, yeah. and great, beautiful light. Super dad. Yep, super dad, Matt Kessner. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely, it. brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. And for all you listeners out there, thank you for coming back another week at the roundtable with us, sharing our light, sharing our life, and just um, being open, right? Being open, catching up, and uh, I'm super excited to catch up with Matt tonight. Yeah. So, <laughs> I wish you guys could see Eric smile right yeah, now. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen Matt since high school, man. And, yeah. um, and also, Matt just made a good point. Um, he is here in person, and uh, and that doesn't happen often, so we have like an in-person guest, yeah. which is great. I just love the, the the flow of the conversation more. You know, you get a, obviously a more in-person feel. Right. Um, it's easier. It's real time, and it's just such a better connection. So, yeah, it the whole thing excites me. I mean, we got to see uh, a close friend of ours that we haven't seen in a while, uh, Gershbacher, over this weekend. And yeah. I think like that part of that excitement of seeing somebody and catching up um, also plays into this well right. as well. I'm like, man, so good to see people like, yeah. and see people with positive attitudes that are doing their thing, that are killing life. And like, that's just like what the round table is. Yeah. And um, it just so, yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, I'm pumped to be here. Yeah. <laughs> like I've loved listening to you guys. Yeah, and getting a chance to come down and like catch up in person is fantastic as well. Right. So yeah, I'm pumped as well. Awesome. Yeah, you know, you said uh, positive people. That's one thing I always remembered about you from high yeah. school. Like this dude was always smiling. Always. Like I, I didn't know you super well. Yeah. I knew who you were. Obviously, right. we played football together a little bit in middle school. But uh, man, yeah, you always were smiling. I'm like this. That dude's always happy. Yeah. And I, and I don't yes. think it's changed. Ignorance is bliss, I guess. Right, right. Not knowing, right? Yeah. <laughs> we get pretty good at hiding our pain, you know, yeah. too. So it does, yeah, as, as well, man. That's that's what I would say was you as well. I always knew you, you, you had a big heart. That's what I remember from you, you know. And you uh, you obviously hit a growth spurt. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, when Chad told me, that, like, he, he saw you at his last race, and he was like, dude, he grew. I was like, what? And, uh, and he was like, yeah, I hit a growth spurt. So like, yeah. when did that happen? Dude, so like, so yeah, high school, I was like, like five, five, 120 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember the coaches on the football, like roster would like bump my height and weight all the time. And it was still like five, 10, right. 60 pounds. Like they were embellishing a lot, but um, no, it was like senior year. Yeah. It was like right, like winter of senior year of high school. Um that I like, I remember thinking to myself, like, dang, if only my parents had like started me a grade below, <laughs> then I would have like blossomed <laughs> yeah, right. senior year. But no, it worked out the way it should have worked out. I All think right. that was good. Yeah. Um, it was good to, to like be a little guy and just have to like grind through things. Yeah. And get beat on. Yeah. Like, like when there's like tackling drills in football. <laughs> right. Everybody's oh, licking man. their chops when they see you come yeah. up next. This will be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah was, yeah i mean it was the it was the water that grew you man yeah i think so <laughs> you know for sure 
and it gives it gave me like a uh i don't know maybe a humble because like now now i'm like six foot I'm right well like 200 pounds um i fluctuate from like 190 to two mm-hmm. depending on what i'm doing mm-hmm. uh but yeah so i've grown a lot yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh yeah you can't, you can't be cocky. Yeah. It's right. Not, not a good place to be. So. Right. It's uh, it's it's perfect though. I, I feel like for what you're doing today, like with running and and be having needing a body that's gonna have a lot of longevity and. Yeah. It's exactly where you need to be. Yeah, that's funny because like, um, so yeah, I run a lot and I and I uh, and I work in a school. Yeah. I'm a school counselor and uh, I used to coach track and cross country, and and I remember talking to other coaches at the high school and be like if you've got an athlete who's not a good fit for your program, like give them to us. Like mm-hmm. we need, we need runners. At the time we were developing that program. Cause like in hindsight, I realized I was in the wrong sport. Yeah. 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 Like, Oh, Mickey. <laughs> He'll stop. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Keep going. You're good, man. Yeah. Like, uh, like if, like if I had, if I had ran cross country or track, I think I would have done better. Um, in terms of like my athleticism, yeah, but like, right. that's not why I was doing it. Like yeah. hanging out with my guys was why I played football. Yeah. Right. I, there's no chance I was going to start <laughs> or contribute to the team any other way than just hanging out. But absolutely but, you did. I yeah. Mean, you, you had a, a, a crucial part in all of it. I mean, dude, you were, you were a wiry football player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're, you had the same character you have today. Yeah. You know, you're a go-getter. Yeah. You accomplished goals and you smashed it. You're just five, five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Dude, we, and for the positions that you played, like just like me, I mean, I was smaller in high school, rounder, I would say, but like we were good at the, like those position lines because we could get under people. That's true. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and nobody could really get to us. Yeah, that's what made us good. You know, yeah, that's true. Provided. I, mean, I don't think I would say I was good, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's well. there's a character that that's more important than yeah. just ability. It's a whole, yeah, it's a whole round, uh, you know, it's a whole, you got to have ability, you got to have strength, you got to have passion. And that's something always, I know you've always had. Yeah. And you color that in many different ways. Yeah. You know, I see that just from like the Facebook posts I see and the yeah. things that I know. I know that there's a lot of passion in what you do. And that's why you're sitting here. Right. It's what yeah. we do. Absolutely. I know Matt inspired both of us in a, in a running fashion. Um, we hadn't talked in a while. I looked back at my text today, and um, we hadn't talked since probably high school. And um, and uh, I had been running a lot and putting it on Facebook, and Matt hit me up, and um, I had run a half marathon. It was November of 2020, and um, he was like, hey, get out and run tomorrow. I was like, I read the first, and that was the first contact <laughs> like, that crazy? we had had. <laughs> besides, like, maybe Strava or something, like, hitting each other yeah, up on maybe, there or something, yeah. but, like, nothing, like, interactional like that. And yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, you crazy? Like, I didn't say that back. That's what I thought. And, but I was willing to take any sort of advice because I knew how much you ran. Yeah. And, um, and so I did. And I was just, from that minute on, I always like, obviously respected you as a, as a runner and somebody that pushed me to, to run and just be an example, man. So and you felt better the next day? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I felt terrible after I first ran the marathon. But yes, I mean, after I got like maybe a half mile into that mile, yeah, I literally have it written down in a notebook somewhere. <clears throat> Worst pain of my life. Yeah, that was until I ran the full marathon. But still, yeah, it was the, it was the worst mile of my life. 
Um, and that was on the quest for like 800 that year. And that was one of the miles. But yeah, no, it was something I'll never forget. Yeah. Because it got me out there and it was like, bro, this sucks. This is the worst pain ever. I literally like couldn't walk. And um, it's brutal. It's brutal. I, I feel like, uh, and maybe this is wrong. And maybe there's like a, a doctor out there who'll tell me I'm crazy. But I feel like if you can get I would out, say they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> some, some. If you can get out and flush that lactic acid out of right. your legs, yeah. it's so, like, there's so much healing there. Yeah. And, yeah, I swear by it. Like, I, after my first 100 miler, I took the guys I was with and I was like, we need to go for a mile run. Yeah. And they're like, no, we're going to, we're going <laughs> to, take you a couple weeks off, dude. Right. Like, we need to rest. Where did you get that? Did you get that from somebody or you just came up with that or what? I have no idea. I think it, yeah, maybe just like, follow the heart. It. Yeah. Wow. Well, I do that, that run streaking where I run every day. Yeah. And, uh, I just noticed some, like, I noticed I felt good yeah. after a, a long run. Um, the next day I go for a, a one mile, like just slow jog yeah. that always felt good. So then I just preach that to everybody. Mm, like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't tell you how to get faster or how to like improve your splits, but I can get you back out there the next day mm. because yeah. Getting back out and, and moving those legs, it it sucks. Yeah. yeah, but the alternative is just laying there and laying being in there. pain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So so let me ask you this and kind of backtrack and lay out uh, some of your accomplishments in the running field. What what got you into running first and foremost? Made you transition from playing football into the running field, and then uh, can you tell us some of your – you've done some really big races. You just said it nonchalantly that after my first 100-mile race. <laughs> That's like, why let, I chuckled first. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. If, if you would, man. Yeah, so uh, getting married was what uh, started my running career. Like I'd always been active and doing stuff with, with sports and uh, being fit. Uh, but when we got married, the pastor that married us made us do premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. And he's like, find something to do that's separate from your wife. Like, do mm-hmm. something that you, that that's just you. Right. Not like, go to the bar every night. Not, nothing like something that. Something healthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, healthy and productive. And um, that way you each have your own outlets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that was so beneficial. Um, we've married since, we got married in 2007. Um, so... 15 years or wow. 15, 14, 15 years. Dude. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And uh, that's what triggered it is, mm-hmm. was getting that advice. And I was like, well, I'm already running. So I might as well just keep running. And a friend of mine was like, come join me for the, this was, I think 2007, the ING Atlanta marathon. Uh, so we did the half marathon together. Nice. I was like, this is sweet. Yeah. This is miserable, but <laughs> sweet. Yeah. I think I ran that first one in a pair of like, thick hiking wool socks like go up to your knees yeah nice I was like, yeah wool socks this would be great that lots of cushion yeah that seems good <laughs> yeah terrible and i think it's different socks there's a picture of me uh like the finished photos yeah it's two different wool socks <laughs> and a pair of like new balances yeah like uh like just sneakers not, right. not running shoes right that's and, hilarious yeah, so triggered it and then i uh just kept going with it uh, I followed the same sequence that I suggested to you where yeah. I did the flying pig marathon two weeks later, did the, um, another damn 50 K mm-hmm. and then about four weeks later, I think is what it was, was the Mohican 50 miler up in like Mount Vernon area of Ohio. And that's, that's a brutal 
Yeah. Of course, yeah. Worse than the pig? Yeah, I was going to say oh, which yeah. is worse. The pig is oh, brutal, yeah. man. Bro, what what do you what would you rate the pig? Like in, my, in your history. My favorite of, marathon. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um but in terms of like difficulty? Yeah, in terms of difficulty. Uh It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Yeah. You're right, sick, man. Man. I was looking for. You're a sick <laughs> man. <laughs> I mean, I love it though. I yeah. love the mentality, man. Right, That's right. that I love it. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, completing the pig is an impressive feat. Yeah, whether it's the half marathon or the full marathon, that's uh, there's some big hills there. Oh yeah, and I can't. Uh, yeah, they're tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's races around the country that are just brutal, brutal. Yeah, uh, like so Mohican, mm-hmm. it's a mountain bike course. Mm-hmm. I think a twenty mile course. They hear a section of the mountain bike trail, and there's parts where there's switchbacks, where if you're 10 feet behind the person in front of you, they're already above your, their feet are above your head. Oh, like shit. The elevation's that <clears throat> steep. Drastic, yeah. Um, there's some rough parts to that. And like you run down a dam, like a dam wall. Wow. Or across it. Um, uh, and you get the elevation there. It's it's pretty, pretty raunchy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, that's why I do it. Yeah. Right. I, I pick, uh, I like tough courses um, doing tough things is like where you grow from. Yeah, so absolutely. Like the harder the, some, the course can be, or it just creates more growth. Yeah, that's why I like that stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I've got four kids, so mm-hmm. I and I'm a, I work in education, so I can't really like jet set around the world and pick tough races to go. Right, like the Western States was just a few days ago, a few week last weekend. I've seen some good documentaries about that. One. Yeah, that'd be amazing, but yeah. that's just hard to do. Is I, that is that a fifty or a hundred? That's a hundred. That's a hundred. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think it's I think it's only a hundred. Like, they don't even give you the option. Yeah. for anything else. Western states, a hundred. Yeah, I think that's what. Yeah, it's got like a lion or mountain lion on the on the buckle. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so when you when you run a hundred miler, uh, you get a belt buckle. That's like the the tra- you don't get like a finished medal. You get a it's belt a, buckle. It's a belt buckle. Huh? Yeah, which is just a weird little quirk. That is know? weird. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I yeah. I, th- I you, love the race medals though. I feel like they're quirky. Yeah, you know, like they're I, I love them. The flying pig one is solid. solid. That's a heavy piece. That's yeah. when they handed it to me. I was like, holy shit! Yeah, I was like, everybody gets one of these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty amazing. So you you've done four hundred mile races. What was um, what's your greatest takeaway when you do something of that uh, strenuous of activity and that uncomfortable? You know, you talk about growth, but like, is there something specific that I guess every every race is probably different, but yeah, yeah. There's takeaways from different takeaways from each of them. I think the thing that sticks out to me each after each race is like, um, I'm getting older, and like society would tell me that I need to be mm-hmm. more gentle in my body and, and take it easier, but I keep getting older, and I'm I'm actually improving, right? Yeah. Improving faster, and I mean that's not saying much, but I'm still I'm I'm improving. And uh, the takeaway there is like, like my mind is stronger than my body. Amen. And so as things get harder in life, um, like my, our we have four kids. The fourth child that we have, he's uh, nine months. He's about to turn nine months old. Uh, his, we went through a lot of stuff during his pregnancy, like yeah. when he was in his in the belly, in my wife's belly, and uh, some some tough things. Like my uh, my wife was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Um, she got COVID during the pregnancy. Wow. Um, she had surgery to remove the cancer. 
like just some things that freaked us out. And then after he was born, he ended up in the NICU. Um, and just a bunch of scary things. Right, yeah, absolutely. But reminding myself that like, no, this is this is just a journey. Like mm-hmm. we can get through this. Mm-hmm. And uh, knowing my mind was in my control. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the, like, that's the reminder I get from my marathons or from my races. Yeah. yeah. Just that I'm in control and it's not, my mind's not controlling me. Yeah. Right. Or my body's not controlling. Right. You're not your stress. You're not the worry. You're, you're in yeah. control. Yeah. <clears throat> totally. That's, that's a powerful takeaway. It's like when Goggin says, like, I, you know, when he's out there running, um, it's like, I do this because, like, so I don't break down, like, when things like that happen, you know, so I can keep hold and, you know, be the, the person that people come to for comfort and care. And, like, I can be the direction in the chaos. Yeah. And I imagine in something like what you went through, it, yeah. you were the direction in the chaos. I mean, I hope so. Yeah, I can imagine so, you know, because <laughs> running a hundred mile, I mean, that's a feat, man. And something you went through, I think is very parallel to the pregnancy <clears throat> and, and having to be a marathon through that. Yeah. I'm sure that was a process as well. Yeah. I mean, time and time again, I've, I've looked back at my life and been like this crappy situation that we're going through, this challenge that we're facing, uh, like we're going to get through it. Yeah. Like one one step at a time, one mile at a time, right. one day at a time, and so yeah, me running these races, it's fun. Like yeah. I I enjoy the enjoy the personal challenge, but I also know that this is hardening my my self to endure these tough times. Yeah. And like obviously we don't want tough times, but right. they're gonna come. They're gonna come. Yeah. Right. So being prepared and knowing that my mind's not gonna be the weak link yeah. is. I can just like toss that out the window and be like, okay, now what else, what else can we take care of? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's an amazing, amazing meditation in that realm. Like you, you get out there and you just think, yeah, you're in such a space where you're at least me like that is like my, my space where I get most of my thoughts done. I plan most of my things. Like i work through problems. Like the last race was just a lot. Yeah. And, um, it, uh, is great. Uh, it's a such a good piece of advice, you know, early on in marriage, like to have an outlet and then find yeah. one like that. And just a small piece of advice like that ended up changing both of your lives. Yeah. And as you were talking about like longevity and like people should say like, you know, like you, you're really doing a lot. You should, you know, should probably slow down a little bit. Like it reminds me of Cameron Haynes, <laughs> that, yeah. you know, like that's, I love that mentality. Like, no, we, we can live longer yeah. and we can get better. Yeah. By right. doing more. Yeah. You know. I think of a sprained ankle, like I feel like most of the mentality, sometimes different advice now, like just when you told me to run a mile the day after my hardest, you know, my farthest race, but it's like when you sprain your ankle, the idea is to move more. Not like not like not let it, it stiffen yeah, up. Yeah, not let it stiffen up. Right. So <clears throat> makes makes sense. Just all new information coming out about all these different things. It's uh it's it's awesome. And the body can go so far. Yeah. So far. And if you train your mind. that For me, that's where it's at is the mind. Yeah, like, dude, mind over matter is a legit thing. It's not just like a cliche. It, <clears throat> for me, in those long races, it's like I, I put my body on autopilot and just jump into my head and just start yeah. thinking. This last race, this uh, the another damn 50K that I did was such a, a powerful, like releasing uh, race for me. Like 
I don't, I cried four or five times during it. Like it brought up so many emotions and like pride in myself and uh, some stuff with my dad passing that I hadn't let go of and uh, just feeling pride from him on the other side. It was a really powerful, like spiritual experience. Yeah. So, so not only is it like a meditation, but this last one, it was really the first time I'd experienced it in a long race, but just getting started with those long races. Yeah, you are. So, <laughs> so, um, man, it's, it's really powerful. It really it's a really is, powerful yeah. tool. It's a really powerful tool. Uh, yeah. I've had my lowest lows and my highest highs. Um, I mean, outside of like my family and the joy they bring me, but like, uh, certainly my highest highs and lowest lows in terms of a physical feat uh during those long long runs yeah. and uh and now like with when covid shut down everything and everything went virtual i got into a, a habit of just doing long runs around my neighborhood mm -hmm. like around, around my town and uh and now that's like like i look forward to that yeah i'm like i don't even have to go to a race i can just pencil out 12 hours and just go run <laughs> And then just enjoy it. <laughs> You're saying so nonchalantly, visualizing running for 12 hours, like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that comes across. That comes in your mind. But you've also been doing it for 15 years, right? Um, Since ultras, 2007? I've been doing ultras for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's 10 years. Yeah. 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 I did a lot of marathons. I did <clears throat> you know, half marathons and marathons and just kept doing marathons like once a year to like, a, like a fitness check-in like okay am i still able to do this and then i was like well, what's more than a marathon and i found ultras and then it just went berserk with that <laughs> um, how many yeah. ultras have you done do you know can you even count or i have a, few I have a spreadsheet um where i track my like eat my races each year and that's yeah. also how i like my plan out what i want to do in the upcoming years mm -hmm. or this upcoming year um and it's got like 80 entries wow so um I, there's been 600 miler attempts i've completed f four um maybe like a dozen 50 milers mm -hmm. one or two hundred k's and then the rest are either marathons or 50 k's um so a bunch yeah yeah wow there's some like old guys i run with are like this is my my hundredth ultra and i'm like i need to count to figure out how many I'm at. Right. We had like a professional development uh, that we were doing for work and it was getting real, real boring. So I was like, I'm going to search all my races. And so I spent like an hour, like looking at my name, <laughs> making this spreadsheet. How do you, what do you do to, to stay like in shape for that? Like, like a day to day, like, do you take vitamins? I know you run a lot. Like, what do you do? How do you recover? What do you eat? Um, so I try not to eat junk. Um, I try to stay away from pop, like sugary stuff if possible. Mm, yeah. Um, except when I'm racing. Yeah. Like I'll just go. I mean, I don't know if there was an aid station at the damn 50K. Yeah, there was. It's all junk food. It it's is. It's like sugary <laughs> chips and pop. Yeah. Brownies and yeah. what the hell? That doesn't even sound good right no, now. It's terrible. <laughs> and it's. And then that's good for like that purpose, right? Like in the moment, in yeah. the moment, right? Yeah, you when you're like depleted, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard that somewhere. Just yeah. see, see yeah. but even I, I feel like that's relative too, though, because when you came and saw me at the uh, another damn fifty k race, uh, I took a different approach than I took with the flying pig. Like the flying pig, I consumed all that sugary shit, yeah. and that was a struggle. 
Granted, the course was more difficult and I was on concrete right. as opposed to trails. But my energy levels were so much greater when I, I ran fasted. Like I ran like I usually live. And right. that was one of the bits of advice that you gave me. Is like I asked you after the pig, like, do you consume all these sugary packets of uh, gel, yeah, like the, the running gels? gels? Yeah. Because Eric and I, before the flying pig, we went and got a bunch of them. And yeah. I mean, they worked for like 15 minutes, but I felt like I was lower after that. You know, that sugar spike, it's like, fuck. Yeah. I still have 12 miles to go. I don't Sugar's need to be feeling this, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. That was, I don't know. No. So, um, yeah, I don't, if if I don't normally eat it, I don't touch it during a race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, it really worked normal. for me. Yeah. Well, like, you're not going to put on a brand new pair of shoes you've never worn, like a different brand yeah. the morning of a race. Right. So, like, why would you eat? food you haven't tried yeah so yeah there's um some staples that like when i do my own runs around my neighborhood um there's like i have like a bunch of different loops in my garage and i'll often use my garage as like the aid station and we got like a fridge in the garage um, nice so i'll like put my snacks in there and my cold water and um but like i really enjoy beer and so if it's a night run if i'm a few hours in i'm like you know what I could use a beer right now. Yeah. I could crack open a beer. And That's like, just yeah. tough. Um, and have one when I'm running or like between loops. Uh, stops. But right. yeah, I mean, that's whatever I normally eat or drink <clears throat> is what I try to consume. But yeah, stay away from sugars. I still have pop, like, yeah. you know, but it's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's that. Normal food. I don't normal take vitamins food. or nutrient, anything like that. I'll soak my feet in Epsom salts. Yeah. Uh, but that's about the only thing extra that I do. Just get out there and put your mind to it, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know who Courtney Dewalter is? Yeah, she's freaking awesome. That reminds me of Courtney, Courtney Dewalter. Yeah. She does she's like nachos. She, she does, yeah, she doesn't do anything. Yeah. She just runs. Yeah. I, I showed my wife, she has like a brand of uh, Solomon shorts. Yeah. And I showed, I was like, I want to get these shorts. And she's like, what guy wears those? And I was like, it's not a guy. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I showed her Courtney and she's like, why does she wear basketball shorts? I was like, I don't know. Awesome. She does, man. Basketball yeah. shorts and like a long tee. Yeah. And I mean, and she kills it. She like, she kills everybody. Yeah. Everybody. What, she run ultras or I'm not familiar? Yeah, with ultras. Okay. Yeah, she yeah. is she's, sick, dude. Check she, her out. She's a... Uh, you have to send me a link or something. Uh, I won't remember the name. Yeah, yeah, she's just like a real fun, like cheery, bubbly person who just goes out and runs and enjoys it. Yeah. And... uh like she was doing that backyards ultra where it's like a four mile loop. Mm-hmm. You have to finish it on the hour. Mm-hmm. Everyone starts over at the top of the hour. And she was running with uh, Harvey Lewis from Cincinnati. Uh-huh. And he's like a straight vegan and yeah. like has like really healthy meals that he yeah. comes out to. And he and Courtney were at like mile 250 or yeah. something like that. Jeez. Neck and neck. And just kept going. Huh. And uh, and she was yeah eating garbage. And he yeah. was eating like pure vegan healthy food and they kept going and uh i don't remember if he won that year or she won but uh they've both ended up winning at different different years yeah how many miles is that you said 250 miles you just go until the last man standing oh shit like yeah like i think the record right now is like 270 something miles yeah so uh, with that like are you allowed to stop like do you have time stops or what like with that style of run it's it's last man standing. So every hour you have to complete 4.1667 miles. Mm-hmm. 
Every hour, 4.1. So if you run it quick, you can break for the rest of that hour. Oh, shit. But most of the guys. Oh, my God. 260. So they were running like averaging, I think, 50 minutes to run that four hours or four miles. So like 10, 11, 12 minute miles. And then they'd get a couple minutes to rest, eat some food, and Mm -hmm. rehydrate, and get out there again. And yeah, I mean, days. They did this for a couple of days. Wow. But yeah, Courtney was eating. Bro. Nachos and donuts, and <laughs> drink and pop, and he right. was eating vegan food. That's, that's and crazy. they both did great, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And they don't. So yeah. it's really what works for you. Yeah, yeah. and they don't yeah. really sleep at all. She was talking. She was on a, no. a, another big race, and she was like, "Yeah, I slept for a minute." Yeah, I remember that was that chick. She yeah. was on Rogan, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. I do. Yeah, I she's do been on Rogan. Was. Yeah, and that that minute sleep felt like she said it felt like forever. Yeah, it was the yeah. best sleep she ever had. Yeah. 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 So I was like. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of my military days. So that's nuts <clears throat> to run for that long. Uh, yeah, but but bro, it's possible. It's not nuts. It's right. amazing. It's yeah. awesome. People are that 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 style of run of race has been growing every year. There's more and more cities that are yeah. taking on that type, or more and more countries uh, hosting races like that. And I mean, they're just every year it's getting more and more ridiculous. Is that something you would do, or plan uh, on doing? Um, I don't know if I'd be able to, uh, so because of having a family and stuff, or well that, but um, my speed would factor in. So that comes down to your hundred miler would be right at twenty four hours. Okay. So twenty a sub twenty four uh, hundred miler is an impressive, uh, <laughs> like that's like a benchmark. Like mm-hmm. I guess in that in the hundreds world, it's did you run a hundred? Have you got a buckle? And have you done a sub twenty four? And then it's like sub twenty, sub eighteen. Like that. Like, uh, can you do it? How fast can you do it? It's kind of like the next right. threshold. Yeah. Um, I've never ran like thirty hours is like my go to, like my comfortable uh, pace for a hundred miler. I tend to bonk pretty hard, in like in the eighties, uh, eighty mile range. Um, but then you know mile you, eighty. Yeah, but then you you see the the finish lines coming like. You're in the 90s. You're like, okay, I can, I can do this now. Right. I can get this done. <laughs> that just sounds crazy still to me. Mile 80. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it is. But when I, so my, at my first 100, uh, it was in Maryland, and it was just a flat bike path. Like, uh, it was gravel, uh, the CNO Canal uh, bike path or towpath. And we basically went out 50 miles one way and came back. And there was a guy who was running it. And he, he's like, there's no difference between this and a 50-miler. He's like, the only the only thing that's different is that you eat more and you hurt longer. Huh. I was like, oh, I can I could suffer. I can right. I like, do that's that. Fine. Yeah, and I like to eat. So this is a good combo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's been like uh, from a 50K to a 50-miler, the difference is you're going to eat more and you're going to hurt for a longer period of time. Right. But at, I mean, the recovery is the same. Right. Like two or three days after your uh, 50K, two or three days after your 100 miler, it's all it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. See, I felt like I could have ran 50 miles that day that I saw you. Yeah, man. you looked I, good. I felt good. Yeah. I felt really good and really comfortable. And I got up and played baseball the next morning. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this more often. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, if you know a 50 miler, send it. He sent me a link, and that's in October. Yeah. I, w- I wish you could run it. We're going to have to run a race together, all three of us. Yeah, I'm all about that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I was actually looking exciting. at it. Uh, well, we kind of did. 
Oh, we did. Yeah. We, that's true. Yeah. That's true. The pig. Yeah. Right. She didn't know it. Right. Well, we did, but. Yeah, we, weren't, we weren't. You only beat us by like an hour or so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was my fastest uh, marathon ever. I've never, mm. I've never ran that fast. But I, I got, uh, I got caught up to some pace group, which I thought was like the four hour pace group. Mm. And there were the 350. And I hung with them for like a couple of miles. And I realized this isn't the four mile, the four hour group. And I was like, well, I'm here. Might as well hang in there. <laughs> right. So I just kind of gutted it out for the last <clears throat> six or seven miles. And then with like a mile to go, I was like, I got to beat 350. And so I like just basically ran as hard as I could for the last mile. And uh, and they had started like in a corral ahead of me. So their time was way off than my time. So when I crossed the finish line, I was like 345 mm-hmm. or somewhere in that range. And so I had like was, I mean, I could have stayed with that 350 pack and still been in the three in the high 340s. Right. Um, but yeah, it was real I felt really good to get a PR there. Yeah. Especially with how, with how hot it was. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The last the end like, of it was hot. The <clears throat> end of it was real hot. And, uh, and I was like a mile that last mile was when the heat started coming up. So I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was a strong wind coming off the river too. Like that last mile and a half, at least when I finished. Yeah. That... Uh, I was like, Oh, this is exactly what I need to run into the fucking wind. <laughs> my first marathon, my knees are screaming at yeah. me and here's this wind. Like, Right off the river. It was windy. I remember yeah. that. It was a headwind. Yeah. yeah. My, um, my brother-in-law, uh, I, I was, I thought I was going to give him a ride home mm-hmm. and he had, he was running that, um, the pig as well. He had finished like a couple minutes around either before or after you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like looking out for you guys, but then I saw my brother-in-law and I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get after him. Yeah. Uh, Cause he did not look good. <laughs> um, he had like, like a bloody nipple on his. Oh, oh man. man! But he didn't know because he he said it, that he was like uncomfortable in other areas, and he's like, I had no idea I was bleeding, and I was like, You're bleeding a lot. <laughs> but uh, his wife picked him up, so I didn't need to stay. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I ended up having to take my shirt off because I could start to feel my nipples chafe. I even used yeah. that runner, the uh, I don't know what it's called, runner's glide or yeah, and nah, my, <laughs> but I wore a cotton shirt. Oh, yeah. that was a huge mistake. So I'm still learning yeah. about, you know, I also ran that in like 15 year old shoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bad yeah, idea. You got new shoes since? Yeah, I ran the, the 50K and, and some new shoes yeah. and it felt like running on pillows after yeah. <laughs> after running on some old ass shoes. Right. Makes a big difference. Yeah. Deal. Well, in my mindset going into it, I was like, I've been running with these forever. Right? <laughs> they're perfect. They're broken. Right. They're a little too broken. but Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that. I mean, the the broken, though, it doesn't work on the long distances. Kind of have some gotta have some good shoes, at least for me. Yeah. I love a good pair of shoes, oh, yeah. especially running shoes. The running store is fun. <clears> Down there. here in Loveland? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice, nice yeah. little shop. Lots of different choices. They've got a lot of technology. You can stand on this thing and it like measures the weight of your, like the weight, where you put your weight and everything, oh, wow. like the length of your feet, mm-hmm. where the pressure is. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they, pretty cool. They send you a readout, like what shoes would be the best for you based on, I didn't go with any of the shoes that the thing <laughs> said, but they didn't feel as comfortable as the ones I found. But what'd you, what'd you end up with? Uh, the Pegasus trail threes okay. and Nikes. Yeah. They feel good, man. They feel real good. Um, I think my first, my first running shoe was a Pegasus. Yeah. Uh, after the New Balance, like, gym sneaker. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh, now I, I do Hoka's. Yeah. 
I do. I, I go back and forth. And this might be part of the stuff that I do to keep healthy is, um, is I go about barefoot running shoe, the zero brand. Huh. And then I do Hoka's, which is the maximalist shoes, uh, in terms of cushion. And so I do like short runs in the zeros. And my, my, the, my thought is by doing this, I'm strengthening my foot muscles to run barefoot with a natural stride. Dude, right. totally makes sense. And then, uh, and then when I want to do a long run, I, Put the cushions put on. Put the cushions on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That totally makes sense. So you strengthen yeah. your feet like that. That's, yeah. a, that's yeah. a good idea. It's it working. Yeah. And I'm, right. I'm Setting faster. PRs, right. Yeah. So are those, what you're talking about, are those like the running sandals that I've seen people run yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah. The, that seems crazy so to So the me. Zeros, they started off as just a running sandal. Mm-hmm. And then now they have a running shoe, but it's still the same sandal platform. Yeah. Uh, it just... Your foot's covered. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing different. It's pretty wild. But yeah, I like them. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard people training barefoot to strengthen their feet Yeah, in order to run long distances. So I did that one time. Yeah. Um, and I ended up running on the track at my high school. Um, and I the track, it was like August. <laughs> and it was pretty <laughs> The whole ball of my foot was one giant blue, both, both feet. Yeah. And I was like a half mile in. To my, my mile. So my run streak, I have to do at least a mile. And I was like a half mile in. And I still had to finish the other half of the mile. But I could feel my feet were blistering. And I was like, this is not good. <laughs> so like I like went to the grass and like slowly ran back to the trainer at the high school. And I, so I got my mile in by going the long way. And I was like, can I get in the ice bucket? And she, she's like, yeah, it's, it's going. Hop in the ice bath. I was like, I did something to my feet. And she's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> I can see them already. They look terrible. <laughs> so is that a tool you use often? Ice baths? Or yeah. just that day? That day. Yeah. It was just that day. I I think I've maybe two or three times in, really? in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to. I would like to do more like ice baths. I just, I'm like the laziest runner in the world. Like, <laughs> Just go out and run, right? Yeah, just go run, and then, like, I have maybe it's like more. the best runner in the world. Yeah, just go run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't do any of that. Like, I'm not taking vitamins or yeah. Yeah. nutrients. I don't do stretching. Yeah. I don't do it. I do a little bit of uh, cross training, like once a once a uh, once a week. I'll go like lift with my uh, brother-in-law, uh, but that's that's more for like the social side of things. Yeah, than yeah. Anything. He's, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I don't do anything extra. That's what's up. Yeah. Damn. Nice. Nice. Well, that, certainly inspired me, man. Yeah, I'm glad. Like that's, I mean, as I continue my running career and meeting people and talking to them and catching up with people, um, it's it's fun to see like how contagious running can, can become. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I used it when I was coaching. Um, like I treated it like a, like a counseling session with my students. I'm a school counselor at the high school I work at. And so, uh, nice. I would go run with guys and run with the kid, the athletes. And we'd just be talking. Cause I mean, I'm sure you guys can relate to just being out running. Yeah. It's therapeutic. Like, therapeutic. No, yeah. no distractions. It's just yeah. you and what your body can do. And, yeah. um, so yeah, I think it's encouraging. I, I, I realize how encouraging running can be. Yeah. So yeah, if I can get, the world to run that'd be great yeah yeah absolutely yeah. i agree with that 100 you kind of got to do the same thing that's what i was about past, to say yeah this past so week I, at your work yeah, yeah i kind of played the same role but for the juvenile courts yeah. and i took 
took some kids out this past Friday running. We did a three mile loop at Sharon Woods and then nice. went to the gym, put up some weights and taught them about nutrition and lifting and the benefits, not only for your physical body, but for your, for your mental health as well. That's so good. Oh man. These kids are like, Oh my gosh, I feel so great. I'm like, I guess you would have probably never guessed you'd feel this great after running three right. miles. Right. And they pushed themselves so hard. I was so proud of them. It was awesome. That, that is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I wish there was like when in, in the, in the education world, they talk about like cutting funding and getting rid of arts and uh, music programs. And uh, I haven't heard much discussion about getting rid of gym or PE, but they do talk about getting rid of sports and some it's programs. Crazy, and it's like, That's this, so is, crazy. Just, this is so that. beneficial to people. Like, right. Don't, don't get rid of that. And if, yeah. if you do like, Oh man, it's just, it's a mess. Man, you know, I feel like we should get, and this is just me, but I feel like we should get rid of some of the other stuff before <laughs> that, like history, like you use, you should, I don't know. I think you would use the like fine arts and stuff more like creation more yeah. than history. Like, you know, it's cool to know about history, but how often do we really use it? Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, or can you know. condense Ohio history and us history into like one year right? right. instead of making kids do it all year every day. yeah every year i feel like there are different priorities that we can do absolutely yeah because and i hope they do not do away with sports absolutely right, not right. like it is it helps so many people so good yeah if that ever were to happen like replace it with exercise though like, yeah like get kids in the gym get them out running do something like that like, yeah it's so important yeah especially i mean with uh you know well with disease running rampant these days and the number one you know factor is non-healthy people like stagnation you know? yeah stagnation <clears throat> it just is and it's good to move whatever yeah. your exercise is whether it's running walking weights, walking yeah whatever it is it's just good right so yeah that's terrible i hope they don't do that i mean i don't i don't think they will right right there's a lot of people who would fight against that but like yeah i think there's always discussions on yeah different schools like different For sure school boards uh i think we've seen crazier happen this year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the past few years for yeah, sure for sure yeah so yeah you're right so though. so being in the education field do you do you see shifts in mentalities i know that's not necessarily a positive shift do you see a positive shift from when we were in school like trying to um really engage the kids potential as opposed to like everybody learns the same way and everybody's pushed. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not being so I think, clear, but um, I think the individual teachers absolutely are doing yeah. that. Like they're, I mean, they, it, it's not a great time to work in education. I think there's a lot of negativity around educators. Mm -hmm. And so the folks that are doing it are doing it and not, not to toot my own horn. I'm a counselor. I'm not a teacher. Like and that classroom teacher is a, they're, yeah. they're special people. Dude, I would say that's the best teacher. In I mean, my opinion, for real, <laughs> I really enjoy my job. So, yeah, yeah. And I, for real, like counseling like is as an adult myself has been one of the most beneficial things ever. Yeah. So, I, I toot your horn, dude. Well, thank you. Yes. But, um, I think the teachers themselves are are good, good people. The ones yeah. that are in uh, doing this job, despite how challenging it is, right? Um, and how much negativity there is about educators. Yeah. Um, but I think the state still pushes this dumb rules right. in terms of like the state school board still pushes they got to take this test they got to prove that they can do this checking boxes yeah right. it's like um i think so this uh, last year or the year before 
there was uh, four, like we had the OGT, I think the test we had to take to determine our, or maybe proficiency test or something. Proficiency yeah. test. I don't or both. That, yeah. Maybe both. Probably <laughs> both, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we were proficiency and they were piloting the OGT, I think is what it is. See how much it mattered. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, and so uh, the new testing uh, test that they, they use uh, in I think in, in the 1920 school year, there was a different uh, set of requirements for each grade level because they had just been changing it so much mm-hmm. that um, each graduating class uh, had a different set of rules they had to follow. And as a counselor, I'm like counting credits and like checking their test requirements, like trying to keep that all together was a, was a mess. Um, that's not my strength. So just relying on other people to help with that. Uh, yeah, it's, I think the state is the issue. Uh, Do you, the, does that come from funding? Like to get funding, you have to sure. check these boxes, or like I don't. I'm asking out of ignorance. Yeah. I have no clue. Like, why do we do that? Why do we put the we put our it's kids kind of, in boxes? Right. I mean, we were put in boxes. Yeah, I think I, I think I think it's an attempt to do well, but it's right. just being executed poorly. Good initiative, bad judgment. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, if that there were, if there was a guy running for president or a person running for president who was like, we're getting rid of all state standardized tests. It was like, take the ACT and that's it. Like, right. Man, he'd have my vote in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, Probably a lot of educators, huh? Yeah. I mean, if t- the teachers themselves are amazing and they want to be teaching the content and like building relationships with kids. And, that's good uh, to hear. It's amazing yeah, to yeah. see. Um, but that's the state that gets in the way and mm. does dumb stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's bureaucracy. Right. It's always going to be like that. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully not always. Well, yeah. It has been all of our lives. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, shifting gears, you also have another interesting background story with adoption. Yeah. yeah. And share as much as you want or as little as you want, but... Uh, that was something I was always intrigued about. What yeah. kind of got you into that and looking down that path and, and what was that path like for you? Yeah. Uh, well, first, I appreciate you saying share as much or as little as you like because um, so so many times I get people just poking and asking right. questions. And uh, obviously without going into too much detail of my children's lives, um, right, right. to generalize adoption, no child lives in an orphanage because they chose to or because their parents were like, this will be so much better for them. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, they're there because of trauma. Right. Um, some tragic tragedy has happened mm-hmm. and uh, it's heartbreaking, but that's where they're at. Right. And uh, so uh, I do get a lot of people who are, I mean, they mean well, they're being, right. they're being kind, um, but they're like, what happened? Where's, where's, where are their real parents and things yeah. like that. Right. Right. Yeah. As an adoptive dad, it's like, okay, like I, protective I'm, I'm their dad yeah right <laughs> and uh and that's none of your business right right so uh so i appreciate you giving me that that uh that caveat uh just for at least to give me the chance to yeah man well, reach it, that part <laughs> like yeah absolutely that's absolutely, a good message yeah. that people need to hear um but yeah so uh so i joanna is my my wife we dated through high school um she went to a, a smaller school in springboro um but we did through high school and got married in college and all through our relationship, she's like, "We're we're adopting. Like mm. that's how my family's gonna gonna grow." And she's like, "If you're not on board, then get out of here." And uh, oh. and I I mean I was like, 
16, 17, I'm like, now I want to marry you. Like, yeah. right. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Uh, we'll go through this any way you want. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, all through our early dating years and uh, when we first got married, uh, we had always planned on our family was going to grow through adoption. And uh, so, yeah, that's how we started. And uh, so I graduated college uh, in 2009, like when the market was in the, in the toilet. And, right. There was no job available. I was working uh, custodial work for doctor's offices and um, just hustling. I'm like, I got a college degree and I'm like scrubbing toilets. Right. Literally. Uh, so we were talking about our plans, like what we wanted to do and like adoption still on the table. And uh, we knew we needed a secure career that um, could provide well for our family. Mm-hmm. And we had both looked into education at that point because we were both in the same boat. Like, there's no jobs anywhere. Uh, so we went, we're like, you know what? Summer's off sounds pretty amazing. Like, we could be with our kids and do travel and do fun stuff. And uh, so that's what we did. Uh, so my wife was a special ed teacher uh, for kids with severe behaviors. Oh, wow. And then uh, I went to counseling, uh, to school to be a school counselor. Wow. And, uh, and then we both landed jobs right after graduating and... Uh, and that allowed us to then start the paperwork right. to, 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 uh, to, for the adoptions. Um, so Mordecai is our oldest. He's uh, turning 14 in a month. 13? 14. Yeah, he's 14. So right. I'm like... <laughs> Imagine that happens with four. Yeah. 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 Right. Like, yeah. I know there's a nine month old, and I know there's a someone <laughs> a teenager. older. Teenager. <laughs> Barely have like enough uh, with my age. Like, how old am I this right. year? Yeah. I'm always trying to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> if you looked at my calculator history, like probably the most common one is like 2020 <laughs> minus 1986. 1.2 <laughs> minus 86. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. But like, what do we? We don't need to know our age anymore. Like, mm-hmm. right. we can rent a car. We can buy alcohol. Like, right. What else, what else do you need? Do? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not running for president, so I don't need to know that number. Not? No way. <laughs> not oh. yet, at least. No. We're still young. Isn't it like 36? Uh, 35. You'd be 35 to be. Yeah. So yeah. Like, and you can clearly be as old as you want. Right. <laughs> it's fine. It be beyond. Yes. <laughs> You might not even like really know at all. <laughs> right. It's okay. Um, so yeah, uh, 2013, 14, uh, you know, we start going through the paperwork, um, the re- really intrusive paperwork for the home study mm-hmm. to make sure that we're capable humans to be parents. Um, I know that like they do home study paperwork to make sure like it's for good purpose. Like they right. want to make sure they're not allowing crazy people to adopt. Um, these children, but it's a good, it's good, good yeah. Yes. But it's also like the alternative is these children are sitting in an orphanage, right? A very for, long yeah. process, yeah. but I yeah. mean, I don't want them leaving a, one bad place to go to another bad place, right. so yeah, yeah. And they ask really intrusive questions and kind of silly stuff, but uh, yeah, we've got cooking away on that, and uh, uh it uh, there's like a the agency we went through has like a website with children who are waiting to be placed uh, with a family and li- literally gut wrenching, like to look through, oh, like yeah. there's a list uh, of children. And I mean, this is standard. Like if you went to like adopt us kids, 
com or whatever the website is for U.S. adoptions. And there's little profiles of children waiting. And it's, I mean, adorable to see these children and their stories of like, like this kid likes to color and play with super cute, Superman characters. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's heartbreaking, but it's yeah. also really cute uh, to see them. Um, so we had a web, we were connected to a website through our agency. Um, and we saw a picture, you know, like with dial up, when photos would load, how it's like slowly, <laughs> right? Like yeah, a printer, and you like see the top half of the of the picture, and it's yeah. slowly like rendering. Um, we came across a photo, and it was like not even loading. Uh, but we both, my wife and I, were both like, like this is this is our son. No, and then like his forehead, like rendered into the into focus, and we could see it. We're like, that's our son. Yeah. Like we knew like just from his forehead. And then obviously the rest of the photo developed and we're like in love. And uh, so we did the paperwork and uh, to be placed with him. And the day after or the day before, um, I, we found out the day after we sent in the paperwork mm-hmm. uh, that the uh, government, the Congolese government was shutting down all the international adoptions. And so we were like, well, oh, this will just take a couple of days. Like yeah. it'll settle down and uh we're still really early in the process, so it won't it won't affect us. They'll they'll open back up and we'll be fine. And uh, so that was that was in thirteen. Um, uh, we they were still suspending adoptions, and in this in the winter of thirteen, we decided let's go visit Mordecai, and so we we used winter break to go visit him. And uh, our to go visit Congo, like the State Department says, don't don't travel to the Congo. It's, it's not safe for Americans, but like, that's silly. Like, in my, mind, like <laughs> my child's there. Like, right. like I'll go like into a fire to <clears throat> save my child, right. like, to give my child. Uh, we weren't saving him to be clear. Like, like right. but yes, uh, we protective were, father energy. We going, I know yeah, you're going with we're that. We're going to go yeah. get him. Right. And, uh, uh, you have to get a letter of an invitation. So like a Congolese citizen has to invite you to come to their country. And like, uh, there's a formal letter that goes into like immigration. It's, it's a lot of, I think it's them just trying to get money out mm-hmm. of people. Like right, what's the sure. next step we can add? And, uh, that was December that, so that letter got denied. Uh, we had our tickets, everything lined up. Oh, uh, and that letter was denied and we had no idea why. I'm like, this is just garbage. Like, we need to go go there, and uh, so we were like heartbroken. We're like, let's just go to Florida and go spend the weekend, the week with your aunt, uh, with with my wife's aunt. And so that's what we did. On the way down there, we get an, an alert from the State Department that said that a group of terrorists had flew into the airport that we were going to fly into, and like thirty to forty like terrorists uh, were killed, uh, and and like they their their word for terrorist is like an armed militia group from within the country that's trying to overthrow the government uh, in Congo. So that occurred around like a 24-hour window of when our flight was supposed to land. Wow. Um, so it, we're like, well, that's a blessing that we... <laughs> right, that no we doubt. Denied, um, denied entry. Um, yeah, so those, that was a, a, an exciting way to start that travel journey. Um, no human, no civilians, and uh, no like local police were killed. It was all the the only people who died were like the militia group that came in. Yeah. Uh, but when so then we finally like rebooked our tickets and we're like, oh, no big deal. We'll just go again. Um, 
first so spring break we decided to go back uh so spring break of 14 uh we get over there and um i think i've got the dates right um yeah it was 14 um so we go back over there and uh even even that far like four months later the airport still had like windows that were boarded up and bolt holes in the wall and we're like Jeez, like this is real. <laughs> Maybe the State Department was right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, but we got to see Mordecai uh, for the first time that spring break. Uh, spent a week with him. Uh, we were able to take him out of the orphanage, and he can spend the night with us a few times at our hotel. And it was just magical. Um, like I knew. And How old was he? I don't don't mean to interrupt. Uh, How old was he? When five. You, five. Okay. Yeah. No, interrupt whenever you want, because I don't want to like. Go all over no, no, place. you're good, brother. Five years old. Um, yeah, he was five. Um, I think the forehead photo that we saw, he may have been four mm. at that time. Um, and then, yeah, when we met him, he was five. Um, but like, so like with an ultrasound photo, mm-hmm. um, they're like, you see an ultrasound, you're like, wow, this is a human. Like that's right. that's my baby. Like, it's super exciting. And uh, I don't know where you're at, Eric. If you've gotten to see an ultrasound yet. Yep. Yeah, we've got to see it, I mean, and it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it, I literally didn't know what to think. I melted, and then we have the um, the anatomy scan. Oh yeah, uh, this Friday. That's exciting. So I know that's going to be another face yeah. melt. Like it's. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and it happened so fast too. Like she like um, slid like the machine over, you know, her belly or whatever. Yeah. I thought they were going to give us like a three, two, one. You know, yeah. like are you ready or whatever? And it was just like, and you just there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's a... But yeah. seeing an ultrasound is like... It like takes you from... As, as a man to like a new level mm-hmm. of like... I didn't know I had these gears of, of affection. That I came right. For another creature or human. Yeah. Um, and that's where I had been with Mordecai. Mm-hmm. Like, because we would FaceTime him and, and other people would visit him at the orphanage. And they would FaceTime us and we'd talk as they were seeing their children. Uh, and so I got to I got to see him, but it's on a on a phone, it yeah. was never in person. And then yeah. I, yeah, when we saw him for the first time, like I was like, I'm a dad. <laughs> it was like it wasn't just like in my like on a phone. It was yeah. like very tangible. real, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and he came up and crawled in my wife's arms and uh, oh, just snuggled, and we played games and like while we're visiting him, um, we would, it was just so such a such an amazing beautiful experience, and uh, and then we had to leave. And that was, like, like in an ultra, you have the highs and the lows. That was the lowest part of my life, uh, yeah, lowest day of my life. We left that that orphanage, and I'm, like, sobbing. And I'm, like, I can't think of the last time I cried, right? like, ever. And uh, and I'm sobbing, and my wife's, like, you need to get yourself pulled together. <laughs> we got to do something about this. And she's, she when she has a task in mind, I mean, she was emotional, too. Like, yeah. We were both crying. Yeah. But she's, like you need to be my rock and like, let's get this to going. Uh, and so the flight home was like 18 hour flight. We just logistically planned out everything. Um, so that was in April and we planned out everything from, uh, once we get home, finish out the school year, do some garage sales, sell everything we have and, uh, and get over there in June. And, and our plan was to spend the summer, get them out of the orphanage, do the paperwork and, and come home in August. And we didn't leave until April. Um, so oh, June, wow. June yeah, it was... It's like 10 months, huh? 10 months. Holy yeah, cow. Not what we had in mind. Um, 
because again, we had thought the government's going to shut down all borders. They're not going to let uh, American citizens leave with their children. And this will take a week or two. They'll figure out whatever the problem is. They'll open back up. And, and they had done that, you know, three or four times. It's, it's, that's, that's a common practice, I guess, with governments. Uh, it's like if they see a discrepancy, if they see something that doesn't look right, they just shut just down shut everything. Down, huh? And that's, that's good because you don't want, like, people to be trafficking kids. Right, that's doing a big thing, wrong. trafficking. Yeah. So it was for good reason. Um, but this one was not. Um, uh, this shutdown was not. And so... Uh, it was not typical and we were there for 10 months and it was both amazing but at the same time it was torture because uh, so we're held hostage essentially by a foreign government and uh, they're like damn you can leave whenever you want and we're like no we have a child here, right yeah you won't let us leave with our child and uh, um, yeah that was a, a, a tough line to walk and uh, but again like my running experience just helped me remind, like, uh, I could rely on that, that suffering that I've gone through, like mm-hmm. I put myself through, like one day at a time, like, like not knowing it's going to be 10 months. We thought this would be four months or, or four weeks. And then we're like, well, maybe it's like a couple months. Mm-hmm. And so just that never ending, uh, like limbo. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, one day at a time. And that's, I mean, that helped me to really just, enjoy that experience because uh yeah i mean like you could get sad and you get pissed off and you could be like in your in your room upset about the situation but uh no i was able to just to like go swimming with my son and like right walk him to school and go to the the like buy vegetables on the market on the side of the street like mm-hmm. just enjoy the time we were there and yeah, if I could go back right now, yeah, I would be there in a heartbeat. Amazing. Yeah, it was it was, it was so beautiful, and I ran a lot. Yeah, was, yeah. Obviously, I was able to run. I had no responsibilities except get my son to school and get him home. And then, so did he get to stay with you guys while you were there, or did you yeah. have to take him back every night? No, we uh, we when we came there in June, we spent about a week, like working our butt off to get him out of the orphanage, and so. Uh, the orphanage he was in um, is about the size of a tennis court. Mm-hmm. So the size of a tennis court. And there's like 110 kids in that oh, wow. space. And that's where they, they were not allowed to, they could leave. But right outside the door was like a busy, busy road. So they weren't, they never left really. Um, but there was, of the 110, 115 kids, maybe three or four families or three or four children who were placed with an adoptive family. And so when you're placed with a family or as a family, when I'm placed with a child, I am then sending the orphanage uh, money so they can feed the, the children. Right. Um, they have my child in their care, so I'm, I'm paying for that. Yeah. And uh, so as an orphanage director, she's like, the, the, they call it, like if you're the, a boss, they're like a mama. So like the, the mama there at the orphanage um, didn't want Mordecai to leave because that's a loss of money Fines, that she's getting right. from us but in my mind i'm like i'm here i'm taking right. my kid yeah and uh so we were like trying to go through the process like follow the rules and our lawyer was like you need to give him more time you need to give her more time my wife was like you have until tomorrow night 
And if you don't have him in my house, I'm going over there and getting my son out of that orphanage. And he's like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> like, they, they will shoot you. Or, uh, <laughs> so he got, a, he, That's crazy. he got it taken care of. And I think it involved like a couple bags of like 50 pound bags of rice and some, right. some, some stuff to like pay off the orphanage director. And I mean, I don't blame her. She was looking out for the 100, other 150 yeah, right. kids. But in my mind, I was like, give me my dang kid. Like, right. What are you doing? But wow. yeah, it took about a week. And, wow. and then he was with us. And uh, the day he came to live with us, um, so Mal- this was in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Malaria is super prevalent there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like everyone has malaria in, wow. in Congo. Wow. And uh, like if you get malaria, you just go to the pharmacy. You don't need a prescription like three dollars and there's a kit to like cure it like really? yeah here if we have malaria it's like they're gonna like hospitalize right like, quarantine yeah it's uh, a lot more at this <clears> point <throat> yeah yeah, um, yeah they'll send you underground but he came home from the orphans that first night and immediately like laid on the couch and like went to sleep i mean we like played around a little bit but right you could tell something was off and like the next morning he had a temperature and he was throwing up and we're like, he's got malaria. And like the neighbor lady came and gave him a test. And so like day one of parenting, uh, he's like throwing up on oh, the most like, helpless like, feeling as a parent. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. yeah, it is. And we were 6,000 miles away from our family. Right. We can't call for help. Um, which was wow. in hindsight, such a blessing. Cause like, we bonded so tightly, the three of us, because um, like with our two bio kids, um, family showed up quickly, which is great. I love that's yeah. such a blessing to have family nearby. Uh, but not having that as an option just forced us to really like we're a very tight group. Mm-hmm. The, those all of us, but especially Mordecai, uh, he kind of set that precedent with the rest of our children mm-hmm. that we're bonded yeah uh, which is that's beautiful man yeah it's really great uh, yeah but uh, malaria is super easily treatable mm-hmm. uh, Joanna ended up getting malaria I think Mordecai got it one other time um, and I never got it I was <laughs> lucky enough to avoid it I guess all that running how, how does it pass <laughs> I don't I don't know I have no idea you know mosquitoes maybe really yeah I think I mosquitoes is a big one I, I think just mosquitoes curious. but it's <clears throat> similar to the flu so like how we get the flu here uh, uh okay. it's the same gotcha. same symptom same it looks the same yeah uh, it just can uh really get bad and uh yeah if you don't have the three dollars to get that medicine three bucks huh it was something huh. i bought like 10 of them before i left right to come home yeah i was like just in case we because once you have it you have it forever uh it's it's a virus so it's in there uh, uh it can flare up like under stressors or mm-hmm. Like whatever. Um, so I was like, I'm going to have the, the medicine at mm-hmm. home just in case. For sure. Um, yeah. I think it's all expired now. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably still have it, don't you? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like an expired medicine is better than no medicine. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Right. Uh, <laughs> we are not medical professionals for all you listening. <laughs> we established everything on this podcast is true. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all facts. Don't take the medicine. <laughs> all facts, dude. That's what we do. So what was it always 
going to be a child from Congo or what led you that direction? If, oh, yeah. if that's not too intrusive. I jumped into Congo uh, without that. Um, it was, so we were always planning on do- adopting. That was always uh, how we planned on growing our families. Um, but uh, during uh, freshman year of college, uh, Joanna went to Zambia to teach like AIDS awareness uh, to like remote villages in Zambia. Um, like where we lived in Congo, uh, it's like 17 million people. Like it's oh, wow. like Los Angeles. Like there's public rail, uh, public transportation. There's malls, uh, open community squares. Like it's it's a city. It's a full right. city. That's cool. Um, where she was at was like the typical grass hut. Like villages. Yeah, yeah. villages and stuff. And uh, she fell in love with Africa. And I, I feel like anytime anybody travels out of their bubble... So right. like, even if it's, if you leave Cincinnati and go to like, like, uh, Kentucky, like you're like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just, you get out of your comfort zone and you, and you, and you fall in love with that stuff. Um, yeah, she spent six weeks in Zambia and, uh, fell in love with Africa. And when she came home, she's like, we're adopting from Africa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So then that was, uh, 2005. And so for like eight years, we were just kind of like hunting, what countries do we like have a, um, an interest in and which ones would be the quickest to uh, right. that process. Some of them, um, some of the countries we, we looked away from required you to stay, to come visit and stay in country for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And we're like, ah, we can't pull that off. That's right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't do Ten that. Ten months later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we should have, no, it worked out the way it should have worked right. out. <clears throat> And, uh, and uh, in fact, uh, Congo, uh, Congolese refugees make up a lot of our uh, refugee families that live in, in Kettering. Uh, so really? A lot of, I have a lot of students who are Congolese. They may have never lived in Congo. They may have only lived in a refugee camp outside of Congo. But, like, their parents are Congolese, and they speak some of the native languages. And so I can like win them over by saying a few words in their native language. That's awesome. But it's the words I know aren't good. (laughs) (laughs) But for a teenager, that's like, oh man, Mr. Kessler's the shit. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, I hope so. Right. (laughs) I feel like if you if you're a refugee in our country, and uh, if I can make you feel a little more comfortable in our right, man, I'm all about that. But uh, is that what led you to Kettering? Is that community of no, no, no. Um, I found that out afterwards. Oh, okay. Um, Isn't it beautiful how life works like that? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was just, it kind of just fell into place. Cause like <clears throat> Kettering is a, yeah. is, a, is a large school right. district and, uh, Centerville is the next big city next to us. Um, I mean, they're also a large high school, uh, but they have a lot of, uh, families from China because of the, like the Fuyao gas glass factory. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a lot of Chinese families that live, um, in, in Centerville. And I mean, that's five miles south from where I live. So like right. we, I could have landed in the wrong city and then been like looking over at this other city with all these uh, Congolese families. And right. Like, oh man. But the nice thing is like, because they're in our community, there's a couple of uh, like African markets that have popped up. Oh, that's city. nice. Yeah. So we can go in there and get, uh, there's like a staple meal called fufu and it's like a dough, uh, like a plantain flour turned into a dough that, like Ethiopian food is like injera. It's like just a staple that you put the food on top of. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we can get our flour there to make fufu. Um, I can't make it. They make my kids make fun of me when I try to. <laughs> like, this is terrible. I feel like that'd be the result foo-foo of when, of when <laughs> I make fufu. Good try. Yeah. Yeah, but being there ten months, like we, I learned their culture. Mm. I, I, it was such such a blessing. such a blessing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned their culture. I, I know uh, their history. Like uh, I basically was there for a whole calendar year. So like. Uh, so Mordecai we adopted when he was five uh, and Georgia our daughter she was seven when she came home so they both have a memory of their birth country and and now I do too and so right. I'm able yeah. to relate to them a little bit um, and I can I like when we talk about the oppressive humidity uh, we we I know what they're talking about yeah like, like I've been there I know what you mean yeah or when like if my if my daughter comes into the into the living room with like a winter coat on and a blanket and it's 75 degrees in my house. I'm like, right. yeah, that's normal. That's, this is, she's Congolese. Like she's right. used to really hot. Um, so yeah, incredible blessing. Did you go through the same agency with, with your daughter or the same kind of uh, uh, route? Um, no. So um, uh, a few, few months after we came home with Mordecai, uh, the Congolese government reopened all adoptions. And okay. so the reason they had, in hindsight, the reason why they had shut down uh, U.S., specifically U.S. adoptions, was because the president at the time was trying to become essentially a dictator. He was trying to run for a third term and like throw their constitution out the window. Mm-hmm. And he wanted the United States to back him up as another democratic nation. Right. Because uh, he was doing it under the pretense that I'm fighting for fair voting rights or something right. nonsense like that. Uh, like he was president for 15 years and he waited till the last six months to be like, we need to pave the whole country with new, new roads. So the people have access to voting stations. Right. And it's like, dude, come on. Sounds like our presidents. Right. <laughs> um, but so the Congo is like the size of the Eastern United States. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, um, you know, Arkansas to the east coast and uh he wanted to rebuild the entire infrastructure of all the highways in that entire area in those six months yeah it's like and it still hasn't been done right to this day it still hasn't been done so like clearly it was a joke um but he was trying to use i'm sure multiple pawns but we were one of those pawns yeah as trying to blackmail us uh blackmail the government the u.s government into allowing him to be a dictator essentially um, so a few months after we came home, uh, they opened up all adoptions again, um, and you know, Georgia's process was like silky smooth. smooth yeah. yeah, it was like maybe ten months from start to finish. Oh wow! And uh, Mordecai's was like twenty, almost thirty months from start <laughs> to finish. Damn. And and like I was gonna go, um, uh, I was going to go over and pick her up, and then our lawyer at the time was like, well, I've got a brother in Minneapolis. If you just buy my tickets, I'll bring her. And I was like, that's even better. Yeah. Like, George doesn't speak English, so this weird white guy is going to show up and pick her up and then fly for 30 hours or 25 hours back to the United States. No, if you want to do it, that'd be great. So, yeah, uh, so yeah we just bought her plane tickets. and. So he spoke the native language then? Uh, your, yeah. Your lawyer's yeah, brother? Lawyer or did, yeah, yeah she, lawyer. she's... Uh, She's she's Congolese. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So we, um, the only people involved 
um, with the adoptions uh, that uh, were American was the agency itself. Okay. They were like out of Louisville or something, okay. Kentucky somewhere. Um, everyone else was was Congolese. Yeah. Nice. Yep. It was it was uh, it was cool. We had like, uh, I think, we met at the Dayton airport is where she landed, and she like got off the plane and she was like, "Mom, Dad." Was like, <laughs> nice. You. That's great. Good that English. is great. Yeah. And then she fell asleep. <laughs> it's a long traveling. It's, it's a long, long. Yeah. <clears throat> it is a lot. Man, what a what a inspiring story, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think adoptions for everybody. Right. There are some people who shouldn't adopt, but I think it's such a beautiful thing if there can be more people to adopt. It's uh, a lot I mean, of there's so there many kids mm-hmm. just waiting. Mm-hmm. I think I I heard some stat where it's like. If every Christian church in the United States or every church in the United States uh, had one person from that church adopt, there'd be no more orphans. Like, wow, just one like person. Today, like if they did that. Obviously, orphans would continue to, to be happen, produced. right? Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, it's like, man, that simple act. Yeah. First of all, there's a lot of churches, if that's the case. <laughs> right, no but, shit. Uh, if the church just did that, that would be a big a big impact on on the world um and it, like we want to continue to, to adopt yeah um, we've since had two bio children and uh so like uh again adoption was always our purpose our, our, mm-hmm. our plan we never had thought about bio kids uh but part of like goggins i think he said something like he is he, he gets to heaven and he sees god and god's like looking through like a checklist yeah. he's like this is all the stuff you could have done. Yeah. And he didn't want to. what you did. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so like, that's to me, that's like a constant fear of mine mm. that I'm going to get to heaven. And God's like, man, look at all the stuff you could have done. Yeah. And so that's a motivator for me. Um, and so my, yeah, Joe and I were just talking. We're like, maybe we give this a try, like try some bio children. And, and uh, we were, we, if we ever had bio children, we've always wanted them to be after the children that we had adopted because we wanted the bio kids to be joining our adopted. Already established. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And we didn't want them to feel like they're being replaced or mm-hmm. like an afterthought or anything like that. Um, and so it's, it's a really cool dynamic and it's really helpful. Um, I mean, you've got, your kids are kind of spread out in age. Right. right? 16 and five. Yeah. <clears throat> so like your, your older kid can watch the younger kid if you yeah. need to. It's, <laughs> Like it's great, yeah. Um, so we have twelve and thirteen. Mordecai is going to be fourteen soon, uh, and so they can watch the the one and three year old or the nine month old, three month three year old. It's great. Yeah, like, yeah, it is. We're going to go to dinner and go on a date. <laughs> yeah. It's like watch the kids. Build in babysitter. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I agree. I yeah. agree, man. Um, but yeah, I don't want to miss out on those opportunities, and so I always want to keep pushing myself to try new things and. Uh, do hard stuff and the thought of creating a human seemed really hard yeah right <laughs> so terrifying to be honest uh, i would rather live in a foreign country than have a baby yeah yeah so it's a good thing i'm a man and we, and and we don't even yeah. have to do yeah we don't even yeah. have to do the hard part <laughs> we get to do the fun part then yeah, then right. be support <laughs> right change diapers oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you kind of miss that with the two adopted you yeah, yeah uh so our three-year-old <clears throat> potty training him I was like 
how do we do this? Right. Like, we, we skipped all this stuff. Just right. jump into that. Yeah. Yeah. But you figure it out. Yeah. Right. That's like everything. Changing right. the first diaper with, with, uh, with Theo. I was like, oh, okay, let's figure this out. Right. And yeah, you just figure it out. It's going to be me. Yeah. Okay. Let's figure this out. I think it goes there. <laughs> yep. If I can take care of my own butt. Yeah. I can take care of another butt. <laughs> Yeah, and it's good until they start eating like solid food, and then it starts to get oh god, it starts to get bad. Huh? Yeah, it starts to get Some bad once they start eating solid food. Gets yeah. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. So, yeah, it's a very positive word for yeah. it, Matt. Thank you. I'm gonna remember that when I yeah. see a big blowout. I'll be like, "This is exciting. Look how exciting!" I remember, I remember that. Yeah. Matt said that. It's exciting. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Text you. I'll be like, "I'm right. I'm having an exciting moment right now." Yeah, a picture of shit all yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. I just when I woke up, uh, Crew, who's our youngest, uh, he had he had made a mess when he was sleeping. He had, like pooped up his back, and yeah. I was like, "This is this is uh, this is got to get like he's got to grow out of this at some right. point." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's like the. It's like it's like mile twenty. Like this isn't gonna last forever. Right. You know, we're yeah. gonna get to mile sixty and then eighty. Yeah, this race is gonna be over eventually. And then eventually we're gonna start shitting our pants again. Yeah. <laughs> Switch the roles. Exactly. Nice. I love it. So, uh, so what's the? What do you think the next hard thing will be, or does it just come? Um, I don't know. You're prepping for a big race at the end of the year. Right? I, yeah, are I, you? I do have another race coming up. Yeah. Um, hard thing though. My wife's uh, she, she's retired from teaching. She's done. She's working from home. She does a lot of remote stuff now, uh, like project management. She's taken on all these new challenges, and it, she's like, "You need to do this with me." And oh. I'm like, <laughs> "I've got a government job. <laughs> this is nice and comfortable, and right?" Safe. And I don't have any intention of leaving because I feel like I'm making a really good impact with kids, right? Um, but in my in the back of my mind, I feel like in the next five years that might be the next tough thing that I next real tough thing yeah, that I sure. take on. Yeah. Is a is a career change. I don't want to do that right now for sure. I'm very yeah. comfortable what mm-hmm. I'm doing. But at the same time, like I don't want to miss out on doing something tough. Yeah. So uh, but who knows? That might change. Yeah. Uh, right now that's just like a pie in the sky. Uh but yeah, I have, a, I have a race coming up in December. Uh, what you got? Charleston 100. Uh, it's like an unsupported, uh, there's no aid stations, uh, 100 miler throughout the city of Charleston, uh, South Carolina. I think it's like you start at a high school, you run 50 miles away, like throughout the city, and then you have to retrace your steps back to that high school. Um, and I'm a little, and it's not marked. So you have to like oh, have a map yourself and like track what you're doing. So I'm a little intimidated by that. Um, but I've been doing some like long runs around the Dayton area. Yeah. Where I'm just like, I have to stop at a gas station to get my own drink and, and get my own food at like uh, McDonald's and and figure out the course as I go and uh, try to stick to my turn-by-turn directions. And So I've been giving myself those practice runs. Yeah. That's, that that is nice. scary. It's terrifying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so, how do they know if you don't cut corners and shit? You know what I'm saying, or take a wrong turn? Like I have no idea. Huh. I guess the tra- they probably have trackers, right? I don't think so. No, I, it's like scouts on her, probably. Yeah, yeah. Gentleman's race. Yeah, yeah. Like I guess if you're willing to do it, then right, um, you're not there to cheat yourself. You're not there to cheat yourself. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's like, with the I think it goes, it's, it's all for, um, the guy started the race cause his son had passed away early. I maybe had been like 10 year old when he passed away. And so it's a fundraiser for him, uh, for his like scholarship fund. So like even, I mean, if you were snaky enough to try and cut the course, right? Like you're doing it for the worst reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Win the prize. Exactly. Like, yeah. So true. Yeah. But um, now I'm really excited about that race. I'm trying to talk my wife into going with me. Uh, I usually go to all my races alone. Like I don't like the the stress of my family being there and like waiting on me. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, but she, uh, I'm trying to talk her into coming and it's like, take a break from the kids yeah. and like sleep in the hotel while I'm running, then drive me home. Right. <laughs> but, uh, that's my plan. Nice. nice. She, is she buying it? No. <laughs> She's like, you should just fly in and then fly back. That way you can be home quicker. Right. Like, okay. Like our deal is, um, I can I can do these tough these long runs and I can I can go run the whole weekend I can do races, as long as I when I'm back I'm back. Like yeah. If I I can't come home, and then lay on the couch for the next three days. Mm. Like if I'm, I can't tell you the number of times I've come back from a long run or a race, and literally she's at the door with the kids loaded up in the car like we're going to the park and I'm like okay, okay. <laughs> we grab a bottle of water yeah. right but I mean. <clears throat> I'm going to be sore on the couch or I'm going to be sore at the park. Right. There you go. Go enjoy time with my kids. Yeah. Um, and she holds me accountable to that when I'm a little thankful. Because otherwise, this, this sport this sports is, is a selfish sport. Like, mm, yeah. You spend hours away from your family, yeah. like just running by yourself. It's good for your, like for me, it's really good for my own like mental health and my heart where I can like get stuff off my chest and I can release that tension, which makes me a better dad mm, and a better right. husband. But it's a lot of time away. Yeah. Yeah. So jogging stroller. There you go. I want to get one of those. Yep. There you go. Yep. I think we got one of those added to the (coughs) registry. Nice. Yep. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun sport. I saw my son, sorry to keep tangenting, but my son, the three year old was, uh, he had my foam, like my stick that used to like roll out my muscles. Oh yeah. He was like rolling out his leg. I was like, (laughs) He sees me. Yeah. That's good. I got to keep up hustling. Uh, that's how my boy is. He's yeah. like, Dad, can we run a marathon together? <laughs> I'm like, sure, buddy. And then I hear about the six-year-old that ran the pig this yeah. year. Yeah. Cole would so do it. I mean, after a couple miles, he'd be like, Dad, my legs hurt. Can you carry me? I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> you signed up for this. You got 24 more to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Start playing Goggins for him or something. Right. Yeah. Here, put these headphones on, yeah. buddy. You'll be all right. Yeah. That, that family who did that, like. <clears throat> More power to them. Yeah. Uh, right. They had recently, that child, when he was like one or two, they hiked the whole Appalachian Trail. Oh, uh, wow. He, I didn't know he's that. He's a through hiker as a two-year-old. Wow. Um, and they just put him on someone's shoulders and he carried, they carried him in like a backpack or something. Right. But I mean, that kid, can, if any kid can do a marathon. It's the kid that's doing that. The kid who's the already from the done womb. the Appalachian right. Trail. Yeah. Right. Like, right. give him, that's give that family cool. a break. Right. Right. Yeah. And they don't, I'm sure he didn't do it against his will. I'm sure he's excited. Right. Like my, my son's like, dad, I right. want to run a marathon. Right. I'm like, you got, you got some time, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's never about the backstory though. It's about the headline. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. How could you do that to your child? Yeah. That's what I heard a lot of. 
I'm like, what do you mean? What? Was, this yeah, isn't abuse. I'm sure that kid was stoked to be out right. there with his right. family. He got a medal. Right. Like he can show up to school the next day with a medal. Right. And be like, look what I did. Yeah. Right. And that's like you and you gotta be in, in great shape for that. Like right. you know, what yeah, what a start. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tremendous. It's funny, like the and and I'm I'm, I'm not uh judging people out there uh who do this, but if you're going to criticize someone, I I'm, I feel like I can judge you if you're going to open that door. Mm-hmm. But like judging that family and then at the same time, like allowing your child to be sedentary mm-hmm. and eat junk food mm-hmm. and like right. be out of shape. Yeah. Like, like That's okay. Doing, yeah. Like you're doing way worse to yeah. your child. Right. Than, uh, Teaching them to be active. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and a, that, that's a beautiful point. That's yeah. like where my mind went to. It's like, yeah. like half of the people saying this, like, Living in glass houses, right? Really, (laughs) put those stones down, right? (laughs) Well, you're not gonna have a house here soon, and the French fries. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, yeah, I I would agree with that, but more power to him for sure. Yeah, yeah. What a beautiful episode, man. Yeah, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. It's it's truly inspiring. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I feel like I don't always have a lot. Good stuff to say, so I appreciate you uh, enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, you just you just had about an hour worth, man. That's yeah, good. It's crazy. That's yeah. good. It, it's it is crazy how the, the time passes, um, you know, and just learning people's story. It's it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, it really is. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So I really that's a a really good part about uh, as a school counselor, mm. I'm one on one with my with my students. <sighs> and, um, I went to the fireworks last night. Yeah, and I saw some graduates, some alumni, and they're like, hey, hey, Mr. Castor, do you remember me? And I'm like, yeah, of, of course, course I do. Yeah. Like, I mean, I may forget your name, but I remember right. you and your story. Right. And like, right. It's good to see some of those kids. And it's real fun. Yeah. yeah. It's way better than getting like a an email or a message on Facebook. Like right. Being face to face is cool with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With this, with, with any of it. Yeah. For Absolutely. sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's become some sort of lost art. The face-to-face. The face-to-face connection. Yeah. 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 Stuff. But that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's just the the anatomy of it all. A live conversation is much different than a non-live conversation. Right. A yeah. text, even a phone call. It's different. Yeah, you miss out so much of communication is, is yeah. unspoken mm-hmm. you know, through body language or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. Yep, absolutely. Thank you so yeah, thank much. You. And if you ever want to come back to the round table, hang out with us, man, this has been really nice to have an in-person guest mm-hmm. yeah. because most of ours have been via FaceTime. So yeah. we appreciate yeah, it. Well, tough. then as a, an insider, I can say we're legitimately at a round table. Yeah. yeah, yeah see? So, uh, <laughs> it would be weird if we had a square table and called ourselves lights at the round table, yeah, wouldn't it? Would, it would, for sure. <laughs> in my mind, a picture in my head, like, is it a square table? Is it like just a card table? Right. Oh, it's a round table. It's, it's a round a, table. It's a, it's a literal round table, which uh, was donated by my father-in-law. Got us this table. and That's uh, awesome. Yeah, we've, we've used it ever since. Yep. <clears throat> it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. So, cool. You got anything in closing, brother? No, man. Just excited to catch up with you, man. It was, really, it was really good to see you. And um, just cool to to um, to learn about you, man. And that's what this show is all about. And um, thanks for opening up and sharing. And um, it's that 
that stuff is just so much fun, whether it is, you know, all good stuff, whether it's bad stuff, whether it's stuff you struggled through, whether it's stuff you triumphed through, like we all have kind of the same stuff going on. Yeah. You know, we share our story. It's awesome. The, yeah. you know, the one thing I did want to mention now that you bring it up is um, we had a, a party at Chad's house this, this weekend for the 4th of July and something we did at the end of the night was amazing. Um, so it was a group of us about what? 12, 1 12. o'clock in the morning, something like that. Yeah. One of those conversations where, like, the people are there, the true people that are around you that are the closest, you know, yeah. and you may have had some drinks and stuff like that. And, you know, we brought up conversations of literally went in the circle and we're like, what are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. And one by one, we went around in the circle and we were like, this is what we're grateful for. And then another question was, what are you struggling with? And at one by one, we went around the entire circle. And yeah, it was uncomfortable at times, but it was so pure. Yeah. And so, and it was in person, you know, and it was just, it was amazing. I couldn't wait to tell people. I told three people today at work. And um, I just, I love stuff like that. I love connection with people. I like smaller, intimate conversations like, you know, your job, this table, all that kind of stuff. Because yeah. intimate connection is, is where it's at. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a beautiful conversation. It was awesome. You could see people get really uncomfortable, but it, it, afterwards it feels so liberating. Yeah. Oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like recognizing that you're not alone in your struggles right. or or your triumphs or how you're feeling. Yeah. You know, different circumstances, but same same emotions we go through. So. Yeah, there's not a uh, not a person who doesn't have a struggle, right. or, or bad past, <clears throat> or, or something they regret. Like we're all, it's a human quality to to have have a past have a history yeah absolutely is man absolutely is that's exactly what i said to that person like as soon as they asked me like what was your takeaway um it's like we're all going through the same stuff Mm -hmm. some of the stuff i had no clue and i immediately related and connected to it it's awesome yeah yeah. indeed that's it that's what i got i like it Love it. I like it. Let's I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's that. All of you out there listening, thank you yeah. for joining us another week at the Roundtable, mm-hmm. hearing Matt's inspiring story. And Matt, in my closing, thank you for yeah. inspiring me to continue to push myself in the field of running. Mm-hmm. Because you've been that's the guy right. that's like, after the flying pig, you're like, hey, <laughs> check this one out. You're already in shape. I'm like, shit, he's right. Yeah. And I, that thought hadn't popped into my head yet. So I'm like, damn, all right. It's an accountability thing. Yeah. So so I appreciate that and I'm grateful for you in that aspect and all that you do for the youth and for yeah. kids all around the world yeah. and your job and then adoption. Uh, a beautiful human being, man. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Absolutely, brother. So uh, all of you out there, we hope you enjoyed. We hope you found value in this and uh, we love you and we're grateful for you. And um, that's it. That's all I got. Peace. Peace. Third eye, third eye, third eye, third eye, third eye Everything's already alright